welcome to another episode of Airbnb with D. This is your host, Devana, and today's episode is all about the illusion of progress. One of the challenges that we face as Airbnb hosts and real estate investors is the tendency to focus on the positive aspects of our business, such as occupancy rates, reviews, and income, while completely ignoring the negative aspects, such as expenses, taxes, permits, regulations, and even risks. The illusion of progress can make someone feel satisfied with their current situation and their current business circumstance, which actually prevents them from taking action to improve that performance, diversify their portfolio, and adapt to the changing market conditions. So this episode, we're going to go over some specific examples and ways that we can beat the illusion of progress and actually make progress. So stay tuned. So the reason why the illusion of progress can be so dangerous for our business is because it leads to complacency, overconfidence, and missed opportunities, which those are so heavy in and of itself. But not only that, it can expose hosts and investors to unexpected losses or liabilities if something were to go wrong that they hadn't properly thought out or planned for. Just to give an example, a host may be happy with their 80% occupancy rate, right? Like we go on AirDNA and we see what occupancy is in an area, but also when you go on your Airbnb app, it will show you what your current occupancy is. So let's say you're at 80% and you're happy with that and you're happy with the $150 average daily rate that you're able to stay at. But you also may not be considering that you're spending 40% of that income on cleaning fees, utilities, maintenance, linens, consumables, everything. We know it, right? The newest gadgets. So someone like that could also be unaware of the potential legal issues that could arise from violating any permitting restrictions, rental contracts, or insurance policies. And just like a real estate investor, maybe not an Airbnb host, and maybe you're proud of your 10% annual return on your rental property. But if you're not accounting for depreciation, vacancy, repairs, and property management costs that reduce that cash flow, then you will also be oblivious to the market trends and even the demand on your property. So that means that you could potentially be at an even bigger loss than the 10% gain that you thought you had. So this is why we wanna avoid falling into the illusion of progress trap. How do we do that? We speak specifically about the reality of our business and not just the appearance of it. We track our performance metrics. We analyze our expenses and profits. We know how much something costs. We use cash as less as possible unless you keep up with those receipts because let's just make it easier for yourself. Even if you have a virtual assistant doing these things, keeping all of your receipts in an online platform, even using PayPal, your business credit card, you're able to export and itemize your charges to see what you're really spending, what you're really making, the deposits versus the expenditures. And these are all ways that we keep ourselves from falling into the illusion of the trap of the illusion of progress, I should say. 
We also evaluate our risks and opportunities. We plan our goals and strategies, and we educate ourselves on the laws and regulations that do apply to our businesses, and we comply with them accordingly. I was on Instagram this week and it was the most devastating thing happened. Okay, so there was a makeup artist and she went to the hotel to do the bridal party's makeup. They were just about done, about an hour out from the wedding. And then the wedding coordinator is doing some final touches on the the gowns and so she hangs the bridal gown from the sprinkler in the hotel room. She's steaming it. And the pressure and the heat of the steam was so strong that it carried up to the sprinkler and the entire room was saturated with water. The sprinklers went off, the fire alarm went off, everything was ruined. The bridal gown, ruined. The bride's makeup, the bridal party's makeup and hair, ruined. The inside of the hotel room, ruined. The bridal's, the makeup artist's makeup kit, ruined. Phones, laptops, electronics for at least eight ladies, ruined. Not even caught accounting for about the $30,000 in damage that is now done to that hotel room as a result of this, right? Now, of course, there are signs all over the sprinklers. We know that. And you may even be someone, because when I told my sister this story, she's like, oh my gosh, the wedding I was just in, we did that. So thank God that didn't happen to her. Otherwise, I would be telling you this happened to my sister and I will probably not even be speaking about it. It would still be in litigation. You know why? Because guess what happened? That wedding coordinator did not have business insurance. And what's so crazy about that is that coordinator probably made sure every other vendor had insurance. The makeup artist, the caterer, the DJ, whomever, right? Because that's their job. Never in a million years did she think that her trying to iron out some last minute wrinkles could potentially be the end of her business. And the reason why I gave you that example over Airbnb, we hear Airbnb examples all the time. People fall in your house. Um, there have even been people that have passed away in, in the hot tub because it wasn't properly cleaned out. There was a fatal flesh-eating bacteria in there. The guests happened to have a cut on their foot and they got infected and unfortunately passed away. That's something that happens there. But what if something as simple as Someone's walking by your unit if you're in a single family home and they happen to trip on a rock that your landscaper moved out because they're moving some things around. Yeah, that would be your landscaper's insurance, but never in a million years would you think that that would come back on you too, right? It will. So that's why you want to have insurance. But we want to avoid falling into the trap of not knowing what our business is really actually doing and how it can be better. How do we do that? The Airbnb pre-launch planner is so essential because right on page three, we're talking about SMART goals, which are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound goals. For example, rather than being someone that says you would like three Airbnbs, this planner helps you articulate that 15,000 quarterly is something that you'd like rather than just three doors. Because if there's a possibility that you can get that 15,000 out of two doors out of one door, then you don't need three. That's why setting specific goals not only helps you to avoid the illusion of progress, but it also helps you to actually make that progress. Making your goals measurable. The planner shows you how to not just say you want 
to build business credit, but to challenge yourself to add three net 30 accounts in the next 30 days, or to contact three landlords in 30 days. Things that you can actually measure and check your progress that way. More importantly, making them achievable. Again, saying you wanna build business credit or saying you'd like to have $1 million in business credit is possible. But let's make it achievable. Let's say you want to obtain $50,000 in business credit in 60 days, because that's even more possible than going straight for the million right away. The illusion of progress is also something that we get wrapped up in because of the excitement of planning. So the pre-planning phase is something that a lot of people, and you gotta think about it, the reason why this is so exciting for our brain is because it actually goes back to statistical studies. There are certain things that we remember if it's written down, certain things we remember if we hear it, certain things we remember if we see it. So writing things out in a business plan, talking that over with business analysts, or even if you're going on Fiverr to get those things written up, or even if you have a mentoring session, these things all lead to the confidence that it should, but we want that confidence to convert to action. This is where making relevant goals makes it worthwhile. Building business credit with accounts like Amazon, Quill, and banks, things that would actually align with your funding dreams and your business goals. Vendor business credit is nice. And a few years ago, it used to be one of the only ways that we were able to obtain business funding. We had to start from the bottom, go to the tier one, tier two. But in 2023, you are such an amazing place but there are companies that you can pay to bypass that process and within 30 days have a score that can qualify you for up to $50,000 of funding without any proof of income documentation. So that's why our SMART goals are really, really important, but the most important of all is making them time bound, challenging yourself to complete things within three months of beginning the process. Challenging yourself to complete things within six months of beginning the process, being consistent. These are ways that we avoid the trap. And then finally, self-audits. Self-audits used to hurt me. I think because depending on what environment you grew up in, it could be that you already grew in, in an environment where maybe there was a lot of doubt and criticism and I don't know, things like that, right? That was already going on. So doing that to yourself as an adult may feel a little, what's the, betray, like you're betraying yourself, the new you. But I realize that's what the enemy wants you to think, okay? The enemy's plan is to confuse and deceive us. So it's not about what we haven't done, it's about what we can do moving forward. So self-audits, when done right, can be powerful tools for growth. They will reveal areas that genuinely need refinements. But the most important thing that a self-audit will do is it will reveal in you, yourself, the deficits that you have that have potentially translated over to your business in ways that you can put a stop to that. Knowing what to do next is always a good thing. Sometimes it can feel a little, I don't know, it just doesn't feel good initially. But when you learn that self-audits are instruments and not tools of self-destruction, they shouldn't perpetuate dissatisfaction, 
And you should have a balance between acknowledging your strengths and addressing your weaknesses and understanding that that progress is a continuous process. That's where we can give ourselves the grace that we need to actually write down our weaknesses and how we can improve them. Another reason why I love the Airbnb pre-launch planner is because it clearly sets the expectations of what you need to expect as a business owner in regards to funding. How much funding do you truly need to have in terms of qualifications? Do you really need perfect credit? No, you don't because you're having a business. But when you start that business, can the business be two days old? Does it have to be two years old? This is where you're able to put a laser focus on where you currently are and not just the appearance of your business and make a game plan moving forward. Again, remember, it's not about what you haven't done. It's about what you're doing moving forward. Once you complete a self audit, it's almost easy to complete a business audit. Because at that point, you see that you're the business owner. These issues are translating to your business. So this is where we get help. The illusion of progress can be stopped in its tracks by building a proper team. I've spoken on this before as it pertains to the Airbnb industry when it comes to your cleaners, your property managers, your landscapers. But honestly, the more that I apply for grants, the more that I deep dive into what investors are actually looking for, they want to know that one person isn't doing everything, that this isn't a one-man show. They'd like to see someone designated for guest communication. They'd like to see someone designated for customer service, a separate person designated for sales, someone running the financial aspects of it so that they know when they're investing their money, they're doing it in a place that actually knows how to manage that money. Investors do not become investors by just giving their money to unorganized, untrustworthy, entities. And I'm sure if they have, they've probably sued and was able to get their money back. And we know that we are trustworthy entities. And this is why we're going to complete more self audits, set more tangible, smart goals so that we actually know the progress that our business is making and not being trapped up by just feeling successful, but actually being successful.